0: like we're not denying that roger has given us great music like the mh album is still that album and
1: i was so confused when you said roger i, <laughs> I just realized what you meant. <laughs> i was like who the hell is roger <laughs> hello guys and welcome to a new episode of download the stands you are here today with your host eads mckenzie and nicholas Sorrell and Shoppe. And it is a new episode all three of us are here today and we're going to talk all things music and culture this is episode five sorry episode five of season six sorry and yeah today's going to be an exciting episode probably a bit short but we're going to get going with it nick and Shoppe, how are you guys doing man
2: um i'm good uh Yeah, I took Monday off this week. So got to like really spend just some time with myself, like get into a new book, which is good. Um, Yeah, I'm just hoping, I'm hearing the weather's going to be good next week as well. So, and I've taken some time off again. So hopefully I can get some park days in. That'll be good. But yeah, mental health's okay. How are you guys?
0: I'm out of interest. What are you reading?
2: I'm reading Castle Capitalism right now, which is a really great book on prisons. Um, So I'm just, I'm like, I got into like, hundred pages, which is like one third of the way in, like on my first day, and I was like, I'm gonna love this book. So it's just teaching me everything I need to know. Um and kind of like what I've watched in documentaries in written form is just so much more theoretical because you can get to the nuts and bolts of like why things are the way they are. And it just speaks to my politics degree, which I miss like studying and stuff like that. So yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. Castle Capitalism, really cheap to buy um just get it if you're interested in prisons and how they come to be in this like kind of climate.
1: Yeah, how are you guys though? how
2: How's your week?
0: Um um I'm over it if I'm being honest. Um yeah, and this week was a lot. It's just very mentally tiring and draining and I feel like my brain's on a hamster wheel at this point and yeah, that's where I'm
1: at. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that and hopefully the week gets easier next week. We got a bank holiday on Friday and Monday, so hopefully you can recoup then. Um, for me, um yeah, I mean, I wasn't here last episode and I'm here this episode. I am still working things out, I'm still doing my spiritual journey, still doing mental health stuff on my side. I'm going to therapy, all those different types of things. And um, I'm reading quite a few interesting books at the moment. So I pronounced his name incorrectly last time. I'm reading um, Thich Nhat Hanh's book. Um, ah, I can't remember the name of the title for some reason, escaping my head. But there's two books that I'm reading by him and watching a few YouTube videos on him. And I'm just becoming very interested in the whole Buddhism way of life. So um, I've just been taking some time whilst in lockdown i know everyone's excited because it's coming to an end soon um and just trying to figure out where i'm trying to go next really and that's me that's me for now um nothing else has changed really um should we go into the music section shopper do your thing man
0: yes so um yeah listens (laughs) um so i'm gonna start off by going to the sunny sands of australia (laughs) so um I've heard about this band for a very long time, but it was only at the beginning of this month that I really was given uh, an introductory education on them, and this is Hiatus Coyote, who I'm sure you both have heard of. Um, they're like a, a neo-soul jazz funk band from Australia. They've been sampled quite a few times in like a lot of hip-hop artists, like uh Anderson Pack sampled them, Kendrick Lamar sampled them, Drake sampled them. So that's kind of that was kind of how I've always been aware of them. But and I've heard bits and pieces of their music, but in the last few weeks I've really been um digging them and I just think they're incredible. Like incredible. Their lead singer, Napalm, is is amazing. I just love it. and it's like when I hear them, I was like, how was I how is I, if you guys know who I am, like, how is Chopin not listening to them earlier? It's like this is they're just they're just so me. It's just pure, unadulterated soul music and funk and jazz and just great instrumentation, great song structure, arrangements, modulations. They're just amazing. So I've been listening to pretty much their entire catalog these last few weeks, but they actually released a new single um, last week or the week before called Get Sun. And I've been playing that a lot this weekend. I love just... I just love the way they're... Like I said, because like this is a band. Like, you know, think of them like, um... Uh... Karigabin, Who mean Eden Love. Like, you know, there's a lot of these great bands, like Moonchild, that are just, like, banging. And I've really just started getting into them recently, because it's like, I kind of love that concept. A soul music band. So, I've listened to them as well. I'm late to the Moonchild wave, wave as well. I knew Eden tried to get on them a few years ago, but... Um, but anyway, back to the original point. So, their new single's called Get Sun... And, I, yeah, this is just, it's just a great, great, great song. Um, it's just such a vibe. I love the horns. It's, I just love the rhythm. And I just love the way the song um, has peaks and troughs. Like, it really builds and grows and comes down and breaks down. Like, I just think are they're, they're amazing. I just think they're really good. I'm looking forward to just delving more and more into their catalogue over the coming months and stuff. And they're definitely going to be mainstays in my life now so that's the first uh secondly uh shout out to ratedrmb.com um i love so this year has been interesting and in that it's kind of mad and i said it when i spoke about Corinne bailary but a lot of artists a lot of albums that i loved or are, are turning 10 or 15 and 20 this year and there's been just quite a few recently like so like um like we spoke about jenny icons about like the weekend frank ocean and their early projects 1010 10 this year. Marsha Ambrosius' first album turned 10, 10 not long ago. Um, and then I saw this other one. So Jennifer Hudson's I Remember Me, they tweeted that. And I was like, oh, my God, I have not heard this album in such a long time. <laughs> and I literally just went on Spotify and just, like, played. And I'm like, Well, wow, this has some really good songs. I will say this isn't an amazing album by any means. But the songs on here that are good are really, really good. And I want to just shout out a few of the songs, especially the songs. So Alicia Keys actually wrote three of the songs on this album, um, which she needs, which she should be doing more of, by the way. I think Alicia Keys should be giving more of her talents to other writers. She's a great songwriter. But she wrote a few songs on this album, and I just like, played those a lot this week. And I was like, these are really, just really good, good songs. It just makes you realise and wonder how mishandled Jennifer Hudson's career has been as a recording artist and as a musician because i was playing a bit of all her albums reading. Really. she has great gems across all of them but i just think marketing i guess how to position her they kind of got that wrong they didn't know how to find the right balance but anyway the point of the matter is so i just wanna shout out a song called don't look down it's just got like a really nice bumpy 70s disco-esque kind of vibe and and I feel like this would have done, this would, if this came out today, it would be such a such a big hit. I feel like in some ways it was maybe a bit too early for 2011, but it would definitely would fit in with what we have right now, especially, you know, as white people are gentrifying disco music, do it, Um So, this, that song, I'm gonna shout out Angel, No One's Gonna Love You, which is famously sampled on J. Cole's Crooked Smile. So, yeah, like, there's some good songs on there, that. So, shout out to her. And then lastly, um, I would have too much to say on this because I'm still getting into it, but it's just an album that I definitely played a few times, and I think it's just an effortlessly good album. And it's Joyce Rice called Overgrown, her debut album. And she's someone that I've just been familiar with through features. Like, she's been on Free National's album. She was on Lucky Day's um, last EP. Um, she's done stuff with Devin Morrison, Asher Roth. So I've heard her, Jay Prince. I've heard her on loads of songs as features. But I'd never heard her own music until she dropped her, her, her single on one featuring Freddie Gibbs, which I've been loving a lot. So I was doing a little bit of digging into other stuff, but then the album came out and I just couldn't believe how it's just, wow, this is just an effortlessly good album. Like this project really just flows well, like you really can just play it. And I said it on the Twitter account yesterday that this, to me, this album is the love child of JoJo's mixtapes and Amy Reeves' first album. That's what this album gives to me. It's just and and I didn't even. and She sounds a lot like JoJo actually, and I'm and I did some googling. And she's that's like one of my favorite singers. I'm like I'm loving that Jojo's getting her flowers. She's starting to have some some kids in these streets. Give her give JoJo her flowers. My one of my favorite white women ever. But um, yeah, this album is just it's just really good and like I just think it's just so I can't think of it in a way. It's just effortless. That's just what it is, It's like each song just. It's just a winner. It's just a winner. And that's why it's the Emory's first album, because it's the same thing. It's just like every song just hits. Every song just hits. It's just so cohesive. Um, yeah, so I'm shout some of my favourite songs on there. So Falling In Love, Lucky Day. I love Addicted. I love Keatron's Interlude, which should have been longer. I I love oh, Overgrown, Beautiful, Beautiful Ballad. Um, I love Losing. Oh, I love On One. It's just a really good album. And, the fact that I'm saying it's after only about three or four listens is uh is crazy. So those are my listens, but I also just wanna uh do some quick shout outs. So Maxwell's first album. Actually, hold on, let me let me just even check if this is correct actually before I even say this, because I may not actually need to say it, but I may I'll say it anyway. Um okay, so I don't know why. Anyway, so he's been doing a lot of press around his first album, which is 2025 soon. Don't know why, but I just gonna shout that out, album out, Legendary Classic album. It's not the anniversary just yet. That'll be next week, but I'm just going to say anyway. Respecting legends, shout out to Maxwell. Urban Hank Suite is 2025 next week. And also, um, Gallant, Supping with Feet, your new projects, well done. I'm, it's only been one listen for me so far, but well done to both of you. Supping with Feet's new album, Deacon, came out yesterday. I'm like, he just gets better and better, but I'll reserve all my thoughts when I've had a week to truly digest it. And Gallant, your new your new project let me find out what it's called i think it's called neptune i think it is called neptune yeah uh, once again I really played it once but yeah you both did well so shout out to, to gallant and serpent with feet but yeah those are my lessons and recommendations hope you enjoy
1: cool mom's gonna be quite quick um so in my house my dad has been playing this song for pretty much every day every hour so silk sonic leave the door open bruno mars anderson pack he has been loving this song because it's been reminding him of some of his favorite artists um mainly motown legends and just listening to him talk about how this is influenced by this how he enjoys um the way bruno is so inspired by this artist and all of these different types of things it's really nice to hear Um, He's been a big fan of Bruno Mars for a while, pretty much every single time Bruno Mars puts something out, my dad is playing it, so um, I've been enjoying it, I've been enjoying this song, it's been putting me in a good mood It is getting slightly annoying, it's one of those things where you hear it every second, my dad listens to covers of it by random people on YouTube, reaction channels, all of those different types of things So um, Leave the Door Open is something that I definitely hear in my sleep now as well So, um, that is Silk Sonic, Leave the Door Open. Next, I'm going to talk about one song on Sabah's album called Care For Me. And the song is called Fighter. And I'm really feeling that song right now. Um, It's about him. He's talking about how he ends up in situations where he's always having to fight. And how he's not a fighter. But you wouldn't believe that because he's always in these situations where he's fighting. And... I've just been listening to that a lot lately because I genuinely relate to what he's saying. Um, I think for me, I relate to the idea that you can be a pacifist, but sometimes um, you're put in situations where you always need to kind of have your fists up. And I've just been enjoying his sound. Like my brother introduced me to this album and um, I've just been listening to it and his flow and the way that he kind of tells a story. And is able to paint images so clearly like when he talks about how um his girlfriend says um uh, something hear me out something muted I can't remember what it is but you can actually see the fight between him and his girlfriend in this song which is really cool um so I'd really recommend this album if you want to listen to it care for me by Sabah came out 2018 so about three years ago but I would still recommend it if you want to take a listen um and lastly I saw that kadeem tyrell so a friend of the podcast a friend of mine um released a song called simple man and this came out on the 26th of march so that was yesterday and i actually enjoyed it i really enjoyed this song kadeem is someone who i've always championed is going to be the future of um, uk r&b if not the current sound of it um and i feel like we need to push him more so if you actually go to kadeem tyrell's spotify page you'll see at the very top he's got a uh um a gofundme page where he's trying to raise funds to es- essentially change the sound of uk RB. we're not getting paid for this or anything like that it's not a paid promotion he didn't ask me to say this or anything but i genuinely believe in his artistry so if you can take a look at that donate if you can and yeah man push the sound of uk r&b because there's so many gems that are coming out at the moment and i'm really excited to see what happens with it I think that's all I had in terms of listens. I am enjoying Justin Bieber's Justice album. Um, there are a few songs on there that are really cool. And lastly, Lauren Hill's um, X Factor. <sighs> you know when you you actually listen to the lyrics in a song for the first time? Like, you actually, you've known a song your entire life, but you actually just really listen to the lyrics in a song. That's where I'm at with this song, and it's really resonating with me. And... Um, I love Lauren for her talents and what she's lended to music. So those are my three listens I can't remember them all. I think it was X Factor, um, Sabah, and also Oh, Justin Bieber Justice, and last but not least, Simple Man by Kadeem Tyrell. Next on to Nicholas Tyrell. Do your thing, man. In
2: terms of this week and the listens that I've been listening to, um, yeah, like I feel like I've just been really sporadic and random. So like I don't feel like I've listened to anything in depth enough to kind of present. Um, I guess I will talk about one song, which is um, Radamir's. I've spoken about him before. Um, He's a New York-based rapper. He has multiple kind of songs and projects out as well. And I think that his song Drill for Oil just really dabbles well into kind of him over drill productions and drill beats and everything but i think he's a lyricist at heart like he's someone who champions the older kind of boom bap rap kind of formulation in terms of how people will arbitrarily call lyricists lyricists you know by that boom bap era where all of them had to kind of freestyle etc cetera, etc cetera, to be kind of put on and considered a quote-unquote real rapper but yeah I definitely think the stuff he talks about like wealth capitalism society um, it just kind of speaks to where I'm at like I know that Eden and shopping, I kind of spoke to lyrics and everything kind of being where they're at or Eden did but yeah in in that place it kind of I just like political rap and I think he offers that kind of well I mean everyone kind of offers political rap but quote-unquote like focusing your songs on politics kind of um it's just speaking to me right now and where I'm at so yeah I think the only suggestion for the week is um drill for oil I think like Chope, Joyce Rice introduction project debut album like love it um, but I think Shoppe kind of covered it all, so I I don't really have anything to add to that. It's just a great project, and I'll You're sure? be blasting it over <laughs> spring. Yeah, like I just don't really have anything to cover. You kind of did the depth and groundwork kind of well, so there's like regurgitating points is kind of just gonna jar read um listeners probably. But yeah, no, I love the project. Probably play it for spring summer season. It's very kind of um. Similarly, like Shoppe said with Amory's kind of projects, um, Spring, Summer is that season for her music or at least that first album. Um, and I'd say that, um, yeah, this fits into the same kind of marketplace of when to play it. She released it at the perfect time. And I think the single choices she has a lot to pick from, to be honest, were only complement the seasons to come so yeah as we head into spring i see pollen out you know bees there was a bee above me yesterday so definitely it's definitely springtime so um you'll definitely get to you know play her as we get out of lockdown and you get to walk the streets again and do what you're doing um with a mask you know of course but um yeah no I have nothing else to kind of add. I think it's great context and great depth that kind of Choppe gave and the single choices that all the um, album tracks that he picked are kind of adjacent to mine. I think every song's a slap anyway. So, you know, pick any song from the album and you're gonna get something great. Yeah, and I think the length of the album is just perfect. Like too, not too short, not too long. Um, My critique with like Keanu Lede, which I believe released last year, is that it was a bit too long for, an album it was just a bit too like my attention span let's talk about that like attention span in music is a bit low a bit um short now sorry because of the amount of projects and stuff to get through but um yeah perfect length 14 tracks i believe it is um yeah love it love it love it love it and i love that she's independent and doing such a great job at marketing oh
0: is she i didn't know yeah
2: like yeah 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 so yeah she's doing great really great and I cannot wait to see her grow as an R&B act because I think she's needed in the industry. So yeah, without further ado, we will head into the news. It's a light week this week, which will be great Um, in terms of just like not talking about anything negative, really. First news item of the day, Um, will speak to probably what Shope calls protecting legends. Um, So Janet Jackson, Nas and LaBelle songs will be archived in the Library of Congress if you want more details I'm reading from Pitchfork right now um so obviously yearly uh it happened in the 2021 batch of editions for the Library of Congress were the names I just said plus Cool in the Gang Pat Metheny and Louis Armstrong um the recording the National Recording Registry announced earlier this week. So the records were deemed, quote unquote, worthy of preservation for all of time for their cultural, historical, and aesthetic importance um, in the nation's recorded sound heritage. So Jackson made the cut, so that's Janet, made the cut with her 1989 album, Rhythm Nation, uh, alongside Nas's Illmatic and LaBelle's 1974 Lady Marmalade. Cool Gang's uh, celebration was included as well. And then Louis Armstrong and his orchestra's 1938, what a time, so long ago, but so much great music, Um, of When the Saints Go Marching In, classic, obviously classic record, like across demographics and generations. Um, Connie Smith's 1964 single, Once a Day, um albert king's born under a bad sign lp um and another addition actually was marlo thomas and friends record free to be you and me um and there's a couple of others i'm not going to go into the list but the main highlights were obviously the ones i just read out as well but congrats to obviously all um involved uh songwriter paul williams said we don't know how it works in terms of the process but we believe that it does. Sometimes the questions are more beautiful than the answer. Um, Kermit had added, which another person as well. Well, gee, it's an amazing feeling to officially become part of our nation's history. It's a great honor. And I'm thrilled, I'm thrilled to be the first frog on the list. So it's great history in all kind of facets, industry people and characters as well. So um, yeah. There's a full list, as I said, if you head to Pitchfork, you can definitely see um the full spectrum of what's been added across the the kind of years as well. Uh Dr. Dre's The Chronic was last year as well. So great bits of history happening. But um, what are your thoughts of this year's editions from what I've read? Obviously, there's more, but from what I read,
1: what you guys the thoughts on that I think this is a shopping topic if I'm being honest shopping do you want to go first
0: um I mean I don't really have much to say to to say really but um, <laughs> I actually didn't know what the Library of Congress was until yesterday like I mean I've, I've heard of it but so I actually found out it's considered the national library of the United States and it's the largest library in the world so yeah I think that really when I now having that context I was like wow so this is really a truly a massive deal for everyone that has now been inducted, like, and what what great albums? Jenny Jackson's *Rhythm Nation*. How how can you not? Such an impactful album, still thirty plus years later. *Nas's one of the greatest rap albums of all time. Like, like how it's just amazing that these albums are being honored and in such a magnified way. Like, and this is what to me is like, screw Grammys and screw number one singles. Like that's impact because. That, like, you're being placed, your music, and shout out to LaBelle, Lady Marmalade. The album should have been there, but it's fine. Maybe, maybe another time. Nightbirds, the name of the album, that's a great album. LaBelle actually changed the look of girl groups in the 70s, but we'll have that history lesson another time. Anyway, um, Respecting Legends. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's, to me, like, I just think it's just an an, uh, an incredible achievement to have your music be deified and to be recognised on that level like people are now going to go to visit this library and these are going to be quote unquote the essential and culturally significant albums that you must hear and i think that's amazing and so shout out to labelle janet jackson now jimmy cliff is also he was adopted too i love him as well um yeah those are my thoughts
1: i was just gonna say i think it's a great opportunity to kind of like preserve these artists um i think it's great that in american history they're recognizing. Um, Black American talent I think um, Part of me when I saw this kind of questioned How a lot of the Kind of artists that are kind of being Put into these positions And um, celebrated Their music kind of goes against the state So I'm kind of interested in how that works But um, It's true though Well I just find it interesting because Nas has kind of criticized America quite a lot um, And so have so many of the other artists That are on there so I'm just interested. And
0: rhythm nation's a very political album. Yeah.
1: So I just kind of question how that works. <laughs> really, um it's kind of similar to how in the UK, like um, there are certain certain artists that say they won't accept a MBE, so a medal. The medal, what's it called? Um, what does it stand for again? I don't know.
0: I don't care. Something
1: of the empire. <laughs> something of the British Empire. It's a medal that people get when they do something in either music or something to contribute to the uk um because either their work is polemic and against the actual empire so i kind of question if this is a similar thing um usually uk artists say i will accept this or i won't accept an mbe i'm just intrigued and if it's the same thing in america um i know that black americans kind of see the us in a slightly different vein to how black brits see it like i think um they recognize their contributions to the U S. So they're aware of the fact that that, that is their home for now. Um, whereas in the UK, I think there's a lot of politics. I mean, Benjamin Zephaniah, who is a poet in the UK, um, was offered an MBE or an OBE, sorry, oh no, MBE. And he turned it down because he said his work speaks out against the empire. So how can he receive an award for contributions towards the empire? So I'm just interested in how that works really. Um, anyone who's who knows just let me know but Nick what do you think
2: yeah so in terms of my thoughts on the matter I think that um yeah like Chopin and Ian kind of summed it up in terms of there is political songs chosen or records at large kind of chosen this year and even you know Dr. Dre in the years before and I'm sure there's a whole array of kind of political acts too but um you know to be in such a A kind of uh well-received historic kind of institution i guess is at least other generations can kind of maybe look back on that um whether these artists i don't know celebrate that notion or care as much as they would like a grammy or other forms of success and parameters for success i don't know because i haven't paid that much attention to when they've been inducted um and their reactions maybe i'll go back and have a look in terms of how artists of a political nature or stature have uh reacted in the past as well because rock is political too as is pop you know there's multifaceted kind of forms of politics in music so it would be interesting to kind of see who is picked and if they are more politically leaning and and kind of non-PC and how they kind of articulate their artistry i'd love to know what their thoughts were whether it was in 2007 or whether it's like today 2021 so yeah in terms of the actual music uh great picks from what i've read as well and like obviously a muppet hit, The for the kids as well like something so iconic in um, American history, and uh, American households. And it's kind of been all encompassing like Hermit the frog, um, from meme culture, just a couple of years ago to actually back before then in terms of parents and kids and stuff, um, rec- recognizing that figure, having that figure, um, on toys in, on morning kind of TV shows. Um, I definitely remember watching that as a kid. So to kind of see that recognized, um, I guess is cool like it's cool to kind of see that in in archived format and it will kind of always be remembered in a certain way uh I, I'm curious to kind of know more about how they're archived like is there a written piece that goes alongside it is there a cultural historian is there a musicologist that kind of speaks about some of these projects um because I know that the library obviously includes a multitude of different artifacts and pieces of information so my curiosity is how are they archived is it like a contextualization of the album the time the moment the societal moment at the time as well um, and what shaped the album are their producer notes Are their artists updated notes if they're alive to do that um yeah it's interesting I, i'd love to kind of know more about it because i've been to dc and i've gone to kind of the 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 recently kind of well not recently anymore but it's it's been in recent history the the African American museum um I'm not giving the formal name properly but it it was cool to see how they archived some things there uh, and there's even black bodies there as well like obviously you can't see the bodies but there's tombs and all of that so it's it yeah I'd love to see how these projects are archived and the kind of supporting notes that kind of comes with it and how they decide who writes those or speaks on them because in museums and stuff there are definitely spoken versions of that too so yeah like well done to everyone who got it this year and who's got it in history um I don't know personal politics as you know so I don't know whether you support this or don't um this is a government institution. I know that the US is a republic um, versus ours over here being a monarchy. So what Eden kind of distinguished about MBEs and, and on all of that kind of stuff. I know it's two different political systems, but it would be interesting to know whether people view that as like um, a metric, a standard and all of that kind of stuff. It would be interesting to get into the politics around it. But yeah, like in terms of, just general first gut reactions to this news, you know, all of them, the artists that I know of from that list um, or characters are uh, superseded in each generate in terms of their, their their position, supersedes a lot of other musicians in terms of that they've lasted generations. Um, so why not be congratulated on that with some of their best works put in archived format you know uh i don't yeah that's it i think that's it unless anyone else has anything else to add congrats is all i can say and i'm just interested in the back backhouse house process
0: i just want to say i'm grateful to have these different perspectives because i did i was just thinking like wow well, one honor but you guys brought me back to oh wait no the system and institution is bullshit so thank you for that but still it's an achievement but yes <laughs>
2: yeah of course and it it marks that to some people that they've their their position is that of legends you know and and they have a generational impact I think is what you kind of said as well and you know I just want to give some context to the listeners as well like I I have this kind of tension in me now where I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer with like the context of the world that we live in but there's a kind of internal battle with me with terms of realism versus like optimism which I'm going through right now in like each kind of scenario um that's presented to me that's in real life versus like um podcasts real life everything podcasting is real life as well but you know what I mean just different settings in my life and I'm just kind of like this is great like it is great to kind of be archived like you're going to be remembered. Do you know what I mean? People are going to come back and be able to archive you, but it's just about the institution and who's doing it. And it's kind of on the other side of the spectrum, you have police arms, which are still harming drill acts, which we spoke about before. And then it's kind of like, it's just double-edged swords all the time, isn't it? Because you're inducting music from like Dr. Dre, Nas, like Eden kind of pointed out and and then Choppe did um, agree with it. And then it's kind of like, but the same cycle of hip-hop you're policing through laws and through policing so it's kind of like there's it's just oxymorons everywhere but again there are there's nuance as we always do on this podcast so it's great for these artists to kind of be recognized and archived you're going to be archived you know as long as america stands and their library stands you're going to Um, in that in that setting be archived and still be there for people to read and study and learn about who you are discover for some people Um, but yeah it's just interesting to kind of look at the spectrum of things as well but maybe I'm waffling too much sorry for being a Debbie Downer listener (laughs)
1: sorry no no no, I I don't think you're I don't think you're waffling at all I think um, what we're essentially trying to say is When it comes to being Black and um, creative, there's a duality that comes with that as well. So it's an awareness to the fact that in order for your work to actually succeed in some areas, there is a kind of personal political sacrifice that needs to come as well. I mean, if we look at Basquiat as an example, he was someone who... Oh, again, really
0: cultural today, aren't
1: we? Well, he was someone who pretty much wanted his art to be available to the masses and then as he became more of a product to the art world, you started to see like the very people he created his art against started to really invest in it and want to basically put it up in their houses and all these different types of things. And it's, it's, it's part of the duality of existing in such a capitalist um, based country like America and the UK, for example, like in order for our voices to be heard, there needs to be a buying power behind it. There needs to be some kind of force behind it that allows, um, that kind of um uh catapult or um uh, what's the word i'm looking for that that kind of um propels ah uh, what's the word i'm looking for? yeah I'm, yeah propels is the word but you, you know what i mean it kind of propels people forward um in a way and unfortunately like i said before what that means is sometimes you'll see that it will have to be kind of loved by the very people that cause destruction to our um, communities like for example i find it very interesting that obama um, releases a list of um, music that he enjoys and sometimes it includes artists that kind of talk about bombing in certain countries and all these different types I'm of screaming. Things. um it's l-o-l was it no name on his list yeah but i think this is this is my thing and i think with nick i'm in a very similar place when it comes to understanding humans a lot more I am in a place where I am recognizing that with humanity, we are a walking contradiction in everything that we do. And there is no exception to that rule whatsoever. So what you're going to get is you're going to get Obama, who is a black man, who is a product of the system that he was in at the very top, at the epitome of um, the US um, political system. Yes, vocabulary. who (laughs) Who still enjoys black music because of the struggle that he went through as an individual as a black man but then he became a product of the environment as well it's a very similar thing that goes on in so many different aspects of life you've got um people who um who talk about the bombing in afghanistan for example still going to petrol stations knowing the effect it has on um afghanistan and so many different other countries as well so as humans we're contradictions and that's something that i think we're gonna have to accept in the 21st century Um, but that is a conversation that gets much more deeper and nuanced as kind of life goes on and you get older Um, but with regards to this topic I'm not surprised people are excited about this um, at all so I think we've said everything
2: yeah like it's it's really hard like when you're in a capitalist society to kind of live how you ideally idealistically this is what I'm saying optimism versus realism how you'd want to live but I think as I'm getting older, I'm just trying to make more ethical decisions. And this isn't a, this isn't a totem pole of I'm better than you. Cause I'm Puh. like, I've told you guys like, no, like don't look at me as a status symbol, please. uh. But in terms of, I'm just interested in worth right now, like really interested in worth. Like how do we quantify things that are worthy? How do we quantify art? How do we speak about art? And, you know, like even thinking about our Virgil Ablos and our Kanye West, who are so desperate to kind of, and this isn't from a, a, a kind of slant of slander or like putting dirt on their name. This is just like, there are people like this who are so desperate for that white validation to then be like, I'm I've made it like I'm worthy if I'm uh, you know if I'm accepted here if I'm inducted here if I'm this did this and if I my fashion does this and it reaches these heights and I'm just really invested in like decolonizing my mind in terms of that does that's not the only parameter of success nor should it be the arbitrary kind of decider of whether something is great whether something is worthy whether something is timeless whether something is generate has generational impact and it's just i'm really just challenging myself every single time to kind of think in a sense of am i thinking from a biased perspective which i probably am you know we're well, biased as humans and if i am thinking from that place just get to the place where i'm not thinking as much because there'll always be a little bit bias. you cannot think without a little bit but you just can't um socialization says that and and it's just how you you live you know but it's just i'm on a personal journey just to try and you know that album was released do i like it because pitchfork said they liked it do i like it because the grammys did it do i like it because in 20 years it did, did do, do i like it do you know what i mean i'm kind of just very much like how does a world without those systems which are for some part um biased look like in terms of me judging art music specifically and kind of uh, fashion and stuff like that how does that look like what does a world what does my mind look like without that but it's so hard we're in these shackles you know it is what it is but i'm just at least asking myself the questions if i can't get to the solution because it's hard to envisage while in a capitalist society then what At least I'm cognizant of the fact that I'm making that decision, if that makes sense, if all of those ramblings make sense. But um, yeah, I think we've spoken a lot about this topic, but again, overall gut reaction is great in terms of being archived, like any form of archiving is great. But um, just in terms of the questions around that and who, who the institution archiving them is and the contradictions that they sometimes do, I think is where I'm coming from and where Eden spoke about in terms of the contradictions. And then Shoppe said it's enlightening to kind of hear multiple perspectives. So I think, you know, it's great to always bounce ideas off these two because we all come with our different thoughts and perceptions on it as well. But yeah, like congrats to all the people. Like, I'm not gonna rain on anyone's parade. Like, you got have a champagne for yourself. Do what do what you do this weekend or whatever. Because yeah, like you've reached generational impact.
0: Yeah, I think for me, and just to end things off, I just think above all those wonderful statements you made around the you know political slant. I just think for me, it's like I'm all about education. <laughs> And I'm happy that these albums get to live on and continue to inspire and continue to have that impact.
1: For sure. Yeah, for sure. And that's important. I think think that's the thing we take away. Yeah,
2: that is important as well, because that's how music and art works. Inspiration, you know, so you're right in that sense, too. But yeah, I'm I'm grateful for you guys' thoughts all the time because you fill in the gaps that I clearly sometimes have <laughs> so yeah let's move on to our next topic um which is again something i guess to be happy about because it's entertainment it's music and i think it speaks to shopping again in respect to legends so um versus 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 we've spoken about Triller. let's get over that hill we are over it they've done the partnership they are they've done a live show with it so let's move on and see what shows and scheduling they have to come next month so um and in the months to come to be honest with you um so let's talk about may so we've got may we've got 8 p.m eastern standard time may 8th we've got swv and escape you know, Respecting Legends Classics here, we are going to get a duel, a battle of sorts, um, a vocal kind of tree. I hope they get to sing. I really want to see the singing and see if they're still here. I know one member of one of the bands is facing a lawsuit right now, which we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. But in terms of the music, you know, the music is great. Um, <laughs> but um, that's the first treat of sorts. Um, I am gonna mention this. This is a hip hop one on April 20th. This is gonna be the Battle of the Mans with Red Man and Method Man. Crazy, epic. Everyone wants this. It's gonna I just I just can't wait. I can't wait. And I know Swiss and Timber are gonna go wild because they're hip-hop heads, you know. Um, yeah, I can't wait for that one. Um, and then, you know, April 4th, which is the first one of these. Um, this is an old, old school one, okay? Like, I think someone conceptualized this on Twitter and said something, and then Swiss replied that it's actually happening. So, shout out to the user who did that. I can't go back and find that, but I remember that idea and concept being all over Twitter when Versus, like, first began and, like, through 2020. But this is... I can't believe I'm reading this right. Like, it's crazy, but the Icy Brothers an Earth, Wind and Fire for um, April 4th crazy i'm assuming it's 8 p.m eastern standard time i'm reading this from billboard but um and they started on time this week with their recent battle so i'm hoping they you know continue the trend but i'm, I'm kind of skeptical with the Izzy brothers and earth of fire about starting on time um and probably <laughs> the other ones to be honest because they're all kind of older school battles and sometimes you know we need to get into it like start the process of marinade all of that and then get into things so this is this is going to be exciting, in my opinion. I think there's something for everyone in this kind of jewels to come. Um, I think you've got your hip hop heads, you've got R and B, you've got soul, you've got you've got it all. I think we're going to get, we're going to even get some church vocal, vocals probably, like some, you know, we're going to get some gospel in there, and I think there'll be some special guests, in my opinion, I think at least for the Izzy Brothers and Earth, Wind & Fire, maybe we'll get some special guests, I'm hoping there's some special guests across, and then Red Man and Method Man, you know, there may be, there's, there's always like a troop that sometimes accompanies these hip-hop heads, so, you know, we'll see, but all I'm saying is the programming is getting a bit better with Versus Now. Um, but, yeah, what do you guys think of these three upcoming jewels of sorts in April and May?
0: And don't forget, Trina wants to battle Lil'
2: Kim. <laughs> yeah, let's not even talk about the thing that's not going to happen. It's not going to no. happen. Let's not do that today. But let's talk about hey, the kills me about the story. She's what, like,
0: n- nobody's reached out. Obviously, nobody's reached out to Trina. Why was someone reaching out to you about Lil' Kim battle? obviously no one's
2: reading <laughs> anyway
0: and i love Trino books. book let's on, sis.
2: let's talk about the confirmed let's talk about the confirmed <laughs> the confirmed battles that are to come because that one's not gonna get any airtime. it's fine but um Chope. i would love to know i think this is your universe at least two of the three so speak yes speak to the speak to the masses
0: so i'm i was very very you know what first of all I'll just say versus is having a great week like you know what the fact that they're still relevant a year later i think i actually believe this week was actually the year anniversary of the very first versus with swizz and timbaland i believe so like a year later That's they're crazy. still really they're still really resonating with people with us and resonating with, with with black people all over the world it's, it's amazing i won't give them that credit for that um and um, I do love this. I, I'm really excited about these. Like, yes, I, uh, Earth, Wind & Fire, the Isley Brothers is definitely something that I'm excited for. Earthwind & Fire are hands down among my favourite 70s groups, 70s artists. They are absolutely amazing. And I'm actually looking forward to this because I'm not too familiar with the Isley Brothers. So I'm actually looking forward to getting some education and understanding why they're so revered. But Earth, & Fire, I absolutely, absolutely love them. I'm a little bit sad that, you know, the, you know some of the members are no longer with us. You know, Maurice White, the lead singer and founder of the group, he died five years ago, so he's not gonna be there. But, you know, we have Philip Bailey who will represent and Verdine White, um, no, but I'm excited. And I'm just really happy that people can really get the chance to just really understand what this group has done for music like i can't remember the exact quote but i feel like rolling St- as you can see we just spoke about institutions so let me not even go there <laughs> does it mean anything so let me not even say that i'll
2: say uh, it like it's Rolling. go on it's rolling stones like why see, not?
0: We, rolling stone i think once said that they changed like the sound of black pop music and it's so true like it's so so true like the, the stuff that they were doing in the early 70s through to the early 80s is just no um it's just incredible like i just can think of that story of the world head to the sky there's so much It's just so progressive and so eclectic so experimental and really just influential like across so many different genres like primarily r&b and song funk but also like latin and african sounds and jazz and dance like they really were amazing but um but i'm looking forward to getting an education on the Isley brothers for sure um Um, And then, yes, of course, SWV versus Escape. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. I mean, I'm just going to start off by saying this that SWV have this in the bag. And it's no shade to Escape. I think they're great. I'd love Escape. And I do think. Um, Escape needs to be getting way more retrospective praise and acclaim than they, than they get. I thought like we talk about R&B girl groups; they kind of left out the conversation. Yeah, they, I know they, they did. Don't...
2: Didn't they do like a um a tour a couple yes. of years ago? Yeah, I saw yeah. clips from that as well. So, like, yeah, hundred percent. It's time to kind of just give them a bit more revere. Yeah, like, they
0: deserve more attention. flowers. Like, they were all their albums went platinum. If I can have like four number one singles, Escape deserve way more love. When we talk about R and B of the nineties, like they don't get enough love from me. But I will say SWV are gonna win. <laughs> it's definitely Team. SWB. I think I'm gonna
2: agree with you to be honest. Team
0: SWV. SWV are my girls. I absolutely love them. Absolutely love them. Like hits aside, but also their albums have aged well. Like their albums came out in nine nine two, nine nine six, nine nine seven. And they still sound great. They still—I was playing *Release really Tension* early this this week, and it's like they're just great. And then Coco is just her vocals are absolutely amazing, and I was, you just can't deny songs like Week, I'm so into you, right here. Like you just can't deny them. But that being said, this is—I do love *Escape*. I love, love, love *Escape*. Love *Escape*. Love *Escape*. You know, understanding, just kicking it. Uh, do you want to? They have they have bangers too, and I'm happy that they're gonna. And they're, it's, it's actually the perfect matchup. This these two It's the perfect matchup. They're like right on par with each other. SW were a bit more successful than they were. They had more crossover success, but generally, if you look at their history and their chart success and sales, they're quite on par. But SWV just had a bit more white fans than <laughs> the escape. But um, no, I'm very 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 excited um, for that and. Um, yeah, that's it. So the uncle with me is very happy. Yeah. Oh, and one last thing. Is Tiny gonna be there? That's that's what I wanna know. Um will Tiny be joining us? Because you know Tiny's going through some legal issues at the moment. Will it just be Candy and the other and La and Tamika or will Tiny be there too? I was I was like it was just a bit bad timing. I was like and it's such a, this is why it's such a shame because Tiny's um behavior is now just soiling what is truly a great legendary group and what should be a, a happy moment like people are people should be using this time to celebrate escape and educate themselves on escape but now we're like it's being soiled with these h- horrendous accusations that are currently cir- circulating through the world but yes love for escape love for xvv love for earth and a fire love for the ivy brothers respecting legends come on <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> sorry was that too much uh...
1: No, 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 no. No, it's Shopay. No. Shopay yeah, no, being Shopay,
2: and I knew this segment would do that.
1: Yeah. Um. All I have to say is, wouldn't you be pissed to be the people to come onto this after every other artist that's been on Versus is now part of the company? I'm screaming. <laughs> I, I'd be pissed. You're not part of the 47 that now get part of the stock options. You do. I. I'll be Mackenzie. But um. But yeah. Um. This seems amazing. Like, I still personally don't see the point of triller and this collaboration i don't understand what it has done for versus this could have happened without triller being involved so i'm a bit confused about why they are um do you guys know if there's anything that makes it specific to triller you know how i feel about why... this <laughs> I well i just kind of questioned the necessity of it really um but um i'm sure
2: there's probably a breakdown on music business worldwide but i just haven't cared enough to look into it i'm not gonna lie to you like it is what it is. But in terms of demographics, my instant gut reaction is like... It, Versus probably skews a bit older. Like in terms of its demographic to what Triller's probably core market is. So I'm a bit like, hmm, how does that work? But I don't know. Hopefully Triller makes the money like from this. And hopefully, you know, the brand of Versus continues to thrive. But again, like you said bit perplexing gonna have to do some homework to like really understand how they're benefiting each other in the marketplace you know bit confusing still
1: yeah i okay i'm not gonna say the same thing i said last time but i'm just a bit curious about why something that we already have which is black talent and um and a, and a kind of collection of hits from so many different artists it's something we already have i don't understand why it needs another party but yeah maybe that's something that's behind the scenes and we don't know anything else about that um but earth wind and fire and um, the isley brothers is something that i'm going to tell my dad about because i know he'll probably enjoy that um I'm trying to think swv and um who do you have guys? my mind is foggy Escape, yeah. I'm intrigued in that one. I'm intrigued. I'm going to sit down and take a listen to that one and see what it's about. I don't know who I'll be rooting for. Probably SWV, actually. Um, but I was going to step happens. in
0: before you continue. I want to say that I love that on Twitter, I think Nick has seen it too. Literally, everyone that has commented on this has said SWV are going to win. It's like it's pretty unanimous <laughs> that this is SWV's battle.
2: <laughs> That's what I want to uh, say. I feel, for, I, feel, I feel for people when it's like that, like it's so biased, but like not biased like so inconceivable I guess but like yeah it'll still be a good watch in my opinion both are talented I've seen both clips of both performing like they can still perform um to some extent so I'm excited to see it like in terms of
1: performances. Um
0: but sorry you Pardon
1: me? I said no sorry I,
0: I briefly interrupted you. So continue No no
1: no it's just cool. No it's cool. Um I, I agree with everything you guys are saying, in, in essence. I think we're just a bit like, let's see what happens when it happens because there's so much kind of confusion around if Tiny's going to be there, what the need of versus and um, Triller is and all these different types of things. So I just want to see the first show and see what's different about it, if it's going to be full of advertisements and, oh my and, God. Thing and all those different types of things. And if we need a a, sp- a a word from our sponsor and then Paris Hilton walks on or something along those lines, I want to see what, how they gentrify versus, like, I think it's going to be very different.
0: Joe Biden will introduce Earth into the (laughs) final. Yeah.
1: So we'll see what happens. But yeah, nothing else to say on this one.
2: So I agree with what ShopAid and Eden both said in terms of, I think, programming is great. I just think Triller, you know, is, I think from what I saw from Ashanti and Keisha Carl, which was before the deal got announced, um, there were still loads of sponsorships like throughout. Um, so on product placement, that kind of sponsorship. So I'm just intrigued to see if Triller have ramped that up or if they haven't, but in terms of programming, I think it's great. I think there's no misses in terms of the three to come. In my opinion, there's no weak point to it. I think as I said, lovers of them all will get everything that they need in terms of the hip hop, the soul, the R&B, the eras, like multiple different eras of this. So I think it's a really kind of good, really good kind of strategic partnership in terms of who's picking these and like who's reaching out and everything. I think they've done, you know, there were some awkward ones in the past, but I think we've got to a place where it's well thought out and well-intentioned at least. Um, I'm intrigued to see if they'll ever do, like, I know there was conversations before, and I think this is kind of one of the only ways they can kind of, um, experiment with the format, uh, kind of do men and women together, like in terms of a a partnership together, because I know that there is the constant conversation with like Missy and, and Buster. I know Missy's kind of declined doing it um weirdly enough I know that Usher is the bigger act of course but someone who's brought up the conversation of um Mary J Blige and Usher I do not know in terms of musicality and catalogue I think I get it I get it in terms of musicality and catalogue but just in terms of success we, we I think you know there's a clear winner there but um it's not always about success is it but I do think in terms of that stupid conversation that continues to happen with Usher and Chris Brown I'm so perplexed by it and irritated so irritated like I would prefer the former matchup then obviously I would you know I'm a married like lover here but in terms of Chris Brown it's just disrespectful like generationally musicality wise skill wise I just think one is clearly the other's son and like he said it, he said, he's actually said it. And like, they did New Flame together and he was excited about having Usher on the record. Like, do you know what I mean? Like- And Usher watched him
0: on that song too.
2: A, it's not in the same, yeah. And it's not in the same lane, like in terms of that. And I think Chris Brown would even agree with this conversation that it's not, it's ill placed to kind of do that, which is why there's probably been no statement and news like the Trina news this week of terms of him wanting that, um, affiliation he like it's just two different generations it's two different it's just two different forms of artists that it's just not comparable it's not it's just not i'm sorry it's not and you know the other one justin timberlake that mm-hmm. conversation just don't even mm-hmm. bore me with don't bore me with the the end the conversation don't bore me with it because it's not and again, you guys keep bringing up the sales. You keep saying it's equal on that front. I'm not considering the sales. I don't give a shit about that.
0: And it's actually not equal. That's the thing. That's the, that's what makes it. That's what's so funny.
2: Number thing. one, it's not. But I get I get why they say it compared to other eyes. I can I get it. But no, still because one clearly surpasses the other. And number two, um, in terms of one would tell you that the other is their influence and they would have told you that when they started in the industry post boy band you know who I'm talking about one would have told you they're the influence by the other so from that simple kind of matter of fact it's a no from me I'm sorry it's a no from me um Let's leave those two. in And so the person who um, said oh, yeah. I should go against Marcus Houston,
0: fuck you. Oh,
2: that was that had to have been a joke. That oh. had to have been a joke. That had to have been to get <laughs> engagement. Someone really said with their chest. Like I'm not. Let's 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 <laughs> depart from this topic because I'm over it. Like we don't nah, even man, need to Marcus entertain Houston it. Is naked. We don't even need to entertain it. And do you know what? Marcus Houston has a great sex album. Okay, like there's an album Listen, that's not released in the UK. Naked. That you, I, naked. Circles no sex with Listen. you no, of course. Nah, no. come on there's come great there's great, great music we're there's not great moments is there a legacy is there a legacy
1: musically i don't know
0: like we're not denying that roger has given us great music like the mh album is still that album and
1: i was so confused when you said roger i, I just realized what you mean <laughs> <laughs> i was like who the hell is roger <laughs>
2: No, we. Do you know what? There's definitely some respect to go around for, for Marcus sure. Houston. There is. There is. There's great music, great, great vocals, great, great performances. Singer. But um, in terms of, <laughs> he's another. He's a. He's not even a son. He's an embryo of Usher. So let's not even go to that. Po- let's not do that. Let's <laughs> not. Really said let's not, chest, not do that. J Holiday Marcus go
0: against Usher. I was like, you guys are actually disrespectful. J
2: Holiday. Oh. You guys are actually oh, disrespectful. Oh. Okay.
1: Right. Suffocate man Come like, on suffocate it. Bed <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen The <to laughs> catalogue runs short So
2: You know Let's not forget When he said he was The king of R&B In that whole little moment Two years ago Let's let's not forget He was one of the names You know To be so. honest Back
1: of my lack Wasn't terrible mm.
2: Any, Anyway Usher should just Not be <laughs> in the same Conversations with these people um, You know As
0: I'm saying The way people And that's what I'm saying Like I said it on the, On I said, on, I said it on the group Twitter. I said it. I said that when Asha is ready to roll out this next album, he needs to like do a documentary or something. Because the way you guys talk about Asha like he's your mate is actually mad. You actually talk about Asha is nobody's friend.
2: The thing for me is... Asha is not your mate. <laughs> the thing for me is, yeah, these artists, yeah. And JT knows not to even open his mouth. He knows. He knows the black community hate him right now. Um, but yeah, these artists aren't even coming out and saying they want it because they know they know so if they know you guys need to know if your fave isn't speaking up shut up that's it that's it we've seen some fools we've seen trina this week and i love trina you know miami queen of miami and, like and trina know, has her own legacies there you. and she has she has albums. Let's talk about it. Like she has a legacy there in in the in women in rap and what she's she's extended it. She extended it through the 2000s She held it down. Like she's an MVP. She's you know she's one of the MVPs. So le- we're not going to throw salt on her name. But stop making silly statements. Stop making silly statements. Let's all. Wait, stop nobody's
0: reached silly out. Of course, Usher's,
2: Usher's not to be played. Usher's not to be played, and Little Kim's not to be played. We're always gonna bring those names up, and people say no, Nikki first, keep no no, 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 no. One originated the other, one originated the other, and I know some stands. Listen to this episode, this podcast. One birthed the other, so Is keep quiet. There actually quiet. an argument to say that, that keep didn't quiet. quiet.
1: Pardon. Are people saying that are people saying that Nicki Minaj was not inspired by Little Kim? Mm. Is that an actual <laughs> argument?
2: Some delusional stands will say that, and then number two, some will say that it's not close enough to even be spoken about what okay. so you know you stands a delusion what
0: we need is kim and foxy that's what we need that's the battle we need
2: but even that no no no. even that is people are saying it's not stacked up even that one people are saying it's not stacked up i actually genuinely think that kim might just it might be a kim and friends if foxy and kim were friends that would have been a great airing because they had they even shout each other out on each other's first albums like there is moments you know they could have done that, but it's a, they could have even done Ladies Night, Women in Rap, Missy. They could have done all that shit. But listen, there's too much politics in the game. But all I know is if Chris Brown's not opening his mouth to be dragged and laughed at, then you stands need to keep your mouth shut as well because it's not comparable. It's just, it's just delusional. Even thinking about when Chris Brown debuted on the scene, Usher had been had his classic albums released. Like, I just don't understand where the comparisons are coming from I, I, it beats me it honestly beats me um but yeah i just don't play with usher's name basically he's not your mate as sure said he's not your mate um and I, it's just it's, it's really insulting personally as someone who loves usher it's insulting to me personally it's, it, yeah it, i just don't know i think too many people who don't listen to r&b music like that are, are commenting um but yeah i'm happy for method man red man you know that will be an exciting hip-hop battle as well i think there's gonna be a lot of old heads i'm sure ebro's gonna do some commentary or some shit but um yeah we'll definitely see what's popping with that one too but let's move into some recent history quote-unquote with um some chart news (laughs) um so cardi 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 b she obviously performed at the grammys a few was it a week ago two weeks ago a week week or two ago but um she is now benefiting from that in some senses with the number one song up now um so the song reached number one on this week's hot 100 um it's crazy to kind of see <laughs> that cardi b is you know hit number one again during a pandemic um but she has, and it' huge congrats to her. It's her fifth number one. Um, the track does rank as well as the third best-selling song of the week in the US. And it is also the most streamed release, having racked up more than 29 million plays on the likes of Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, um, and any other platform that contributes to the Billboard Hot 100s in terms of singles. Uh, so Cardi B's has... As I said, five number ones now. Some solo, some with, some with other acts as well. Um, obviously, as we know, Bodak Yellow is a part of that. Um, I like it is also a part of that. Um, girls, um, girls like you as well is a part of that. Um, and I believe her collaboration with Bruno Mars is a part of that too. So, it's looking like a crazy run for Cardi B in her, in her ascent to kind of stardom. So. I'm intrigued to see how the second era shapes up, but what are some of you guys' thoughts on the number one status um, of up?
0: My commentary isn't necessarily on this status. Well, congratulations to her, um but I just think it's quite her trajectory has been so interesting because I'm sure you both were aware there was like a period in like 2019, early last year, where people were saying Cardi's fallen off; she's not going to do well. And what I like is that she's just, over time, continuing to prove the naysayers wrong. And it's just, like, whether you like her or not, she's here to stay. <laughs> she's here to stay. And she's really, really doing, making some historical leaps for women in rap. Like, it's amazing what she's doing and how well she's continuing to do. Like, I know there's so much conversation about the other girls right now, and rightfully so, but God give a like, gotta Got Got give it to her she's still out here and still doing very well like i didn't do deep- like wow five number one singles and all of them are her songs bar that terrible moon Vibe song um that's like it's mad it's like that's like wow she's really she's really out here so um that's it for me really i'm just like yeah i think she's i think this next album for her is gonna it's gonna do really well. I don't know when it's going to come out. I don't know what's taking so long, but I think she, they've really turned this sophomore album era around because, you know, there was the cancelled re-release of Invasion of Privacy and then there was like, there was Money, there was Press and those other songs which didn't do as well, that Bruno Mars song, which, which did well, but no one actually liked. Um, yeah, and then like, she just turned it around with WAP and now Up and it's just like, rah. Like
1: you gotta give it to her. Yeah, I I agree. I have nothing to say on this really. Um, congratulations to Cardi B. I'm sure I haven't listened to her music in a while. Um, but I know people enjoy her, and I I have been enjoying kind of like her political commentary and stuff. But other than that, I don't really have a lot to say. Um, I hope her career continues to be fruitful, and um, yeah, it's a great moment for her. That's all I have to say. Um, in
2: terms of how I feel about this, I think that i've put it on twitter as well it just didn't feel as big as um some other singles like WAP and um even bodak yellow but we were in a different environment for the at least um the latter single bodak yellow and tiktok has changed things where pandemic has changed things um yeah and songs again if you look at data it, it each week on week is different to what entry requirements get you to number one so a song could necessarily I, I had to think really think about this but it was a point that's obviously really on the nose and easy you can get number one with less in some weeks then you have to work harder to get number one so it's just common sense that maybe if i do the data comparisons the other songs had bigger momentum and big attraction and, and got to number one by a bigger fee but then were, and bigger metrics across the board on socials, but um still kind of got that number one kind of feat as well. Even when they hit number one or the requirements, they could have gone beyond and got what could have been equiv- equivalized as like one plus or one plus two or one plus three, like even higher if they, you know, continued the momentum. But in my opinion, it just felt smaller, but maybe that's because of my music consumption, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um just to talk about the wider kind of implications I think I know that Carly B mentioned that like Money and um press were kind of songs for the fans but I don't know how much she that's a lie yeah I don't know how much truth there was to that but I do remember a snippet of Money being on Instagram and then she uh, her fans like demanding it be released or whatever like begging her to release it and she said no and then she released it. So I don't know if it was ever actually intended to be part of the second album, but it's got scrapped or whatever the back of house narrative is. But in terms of what i remember seeing just before the pandemic i know her and offset were in a club in atlanta testing singles with djs and i was like this is so cool because i remember artists this is the conventional way to break a song um or one of the conventional ways like through djs through clubs and stuff like that and atlanta was the hotbed of that in the 2000s in hip-hop so i loved to see that even if it was like her in a crisis moment like what is my second era it was just nice to see her go Right, let me just go to the clubs and see what's popping out there. So um, I think in terms of this era and what I've seen so far, I think since Money, um, there is a stylistic change in Cardi B singles in how she delivers the songs, like in kind of her her bars, her lyricism. Um, I don't know if that's a change to like her writing style or her teens' writing style or a collaboration of both co-writers and herself but it's very instructive. Number one, it's very simple, like the um, kind of chorus and lyrical composition um, it's very akin to melody. So it's melodic in, uh, as a term. And I think that she's very much, there's an approach that um, an artist broke down. I think it was, um... oh, what is his name? 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 Panda. What is the guy who sings Panda's or raps Panda's name again? Designer. Um Designer, that's it. Designer yeah. basically outlined something on the Breakfast Club about um hate that platform, but it was a great interview. Um, in terms of vowels. Um, And like how many synonyms and stuff are in words. And I don't know if she's playing to that strategy or um, just that songwriting approach, but there's a very stylistically simpler approach to her songs post money um, that I'm noticing. And have even her cadence has changed as well. It's got deeper, and I know she said she likes a deeper cadence in her voice. Um, and I remember even Doja Cat before she blew off was making fun of um, I believe it was Press um, and how Cardi sounded on Press. So yeah, there's a lot of stylistic changes, but I think all of the songs are starting to kind of sound similar and the same so I would love to hear the rest of the project that she's got coming up and I do feel like there's an internal kind of changing around of the album just looking at from the outside in and stuff like that and how she's responding to fans whenever they ask her about the second album she gets almost angry and annoyed and irritated and I'm kind of like I do feel like there's a with even with the WAP success and the, the the success with this single up as well, I think there's an approach of who is Cardi B going into a second era happening right now. Um, maybe that's just about wrapped up because it sounds like she's close to releasing the rest of the singles in the album, but it's going to be it's the sophomore era is the one to always watch with an artist. And I'm very curious um, to what she brings to the table, this era as well. Um, and again, this isn't to say that simpler songs are bad because pff, most artists are doing it, man or woman right now in, in that kind of universe. So this isn't a double standards, this isn't misogyny at play. This is literally just what I've noticed with Cardi B because um, I'm definitely interested in her brand and her brand evolution. But you know, she is, um, she's is she gone side to side with Drake a couple of times on the charts now. I think she's got real chart power she now. Does. Um, she really does, she really does. Quantifiable chart power. Um, to a point where it's kind of like with Drake, whatever he releases, shit or great, um, he can chart <laughs> and easily at this point. Um, and I think that Cardi B is not there yet, not at a Drake level. Of course, there's consistency in that formula, and Drake has, he has worked hard. I'm I'm gonna give him his flowers. He's worked hard to get there, but um, in terms of Cardi B, I think she's proving that if this continues, if if more evidence of this, this kind of thing continues, she will be, um, she's a chart force already, but I think she'll just grow that chart power to a point of maximum momentum, um, to a point where she might just be able to challenge Drake um, consistently. So she's done it before, two times I think before, where she's gone head to head and won over Drake. Um, I think with WAP was the first one, and then this is the second one, in terms of like direct single competition. Um, and i think it's really going to be interesting to see how the second era shapes up because she's got two number ones in the bag from it so far so hey i'm shrugging i'm I'm waiting i'm curious um and i really want to hear how it sounds because invasion of privacy was great in my opinion um great replay value um so yeah i'm interested and i'm interested to see how long she stays in rap because i know she said the in the past that music is a vehicle for her and i'm curious to see what the vehicle's for um so yeah curious cardi b's doing well right now so there's no hate in this room it's just intrigue
0: yeah i'm definitely um intrigued to hear what this album is gonna sound like and i have a feeling it's gonna be good because she's taken her time with it like she's been working on it a good two and a half years or so at this point so and she's clearly like recorded things scrapped things come up to the drawing board conceptualized that uh, she's thought about it and even like the interview she's done it seems like we're really gonna get like a a quote a more dimensional album musically but also in terms of lyrically and what she covers on the album so and i am not even like the biggest cardi b fan like i enjoy her music i like her but i like she um yeah like i look i, I like watching her journey it's interesting it's a, it's a good case study
2: yeah it is i think it's a good case study as well um yeah it's just it's yeah it's really interesting thinking about the woman in rap landscape right now and just who's doing things in it and and yeah I think I found it interesting um as well as well as Cardi B as well like Megan and all that kind of stuff um on a hyper visible level I've just found it really and we've spoken about this woman before um I think Doja Cat has come in from an angle that people didn't quite expect because she's been she's been at the kind of visible but not hyper visible level for so many years now um i think she's come in with the secret assassin kind of way and she's she's kind of taking a spot at the top as well so it's it's going to be really interesting to see the next couple of years and just how these different hyper visible women um coexist with one another and i hope that well it seems camaraderie right now like it seems like they're all in love so it's great um so i just want to see that continue personally and i think yeah, Dojo really is, is stationed well for pop and, and pop rap, a pop rap kind of trajectory. Um, yeah, male equivalent of Drake in terms of if that, the genre in terms of where that's coming from, like stylistically trying to straddle the fence of pop more than hip hop. So yeah, I definitely, it's, it's interesting, man. It's interesting. And I think they can only benefit from, coexisting because it will just challenge the notion that there can only be one it girl at one time and I think there's more than one it girl now and even me I'm decolonizing my brain with thinking who is the next who's the one who's the center one and it's like nah they can all win and have different wins together or the same wins at different times together do you know what I mean so it's cool man it's really cool watching the women in rat space and I can only hope more players join that top space of hyper visibility and um just the top of music i think it's really exciting but yeah those
1: are my thoughts cool so is that everything have we spoke about all the topics and everything yeah, yeah. that's it yeah cool so that's today's episode for today guys um as always this is Donald at the stands you can find us on all social media platforms at d-a-t-s-p-o-d and individually it's imn tyrell shop um And like always, guys, if you like the episode, please, can you leave a review or leave five stars for the podcast? We love to hear from you guys and we love to hear how we can improve. Um, As always, if you've gotten to the end of the episode, if you can just leave a comment saying, let's just think of something like don't alert the stands or Dat's pod. Use the hashtag or something along those lines. We're forever grateful for getting our name out there. Um, But as always, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoy the rest of your weeks and peace.